0: Well, good morning.
1: How you doing? I love it. Peter's already leading the way. Stand up, my friend. Yeah, everyone. This is the floating head, Drew. For those of you that are at an angle where you can't see it, he'll just be bobbing around like this. So, uh, welcome to church. My name is Garin. We're going to have a great time. Let's pray. Jesus. Be with us today in all that we do and all that we say. May your name be glorified. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Speak to us. We listen to you, and we want to follow and obey. So we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing together. We taught this to you a couple of weeks ago. With us as the Spirit was moving. As the
0: Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come, move over us. Come, rest on us. Come, rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come, move over us. Come, rest on us. Come, rest on us. So come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here, and I know you will feel me. Come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here, and I know you will feel me. Oh. Lord today, and as the spirit was moving over the wildest Lord and Christ be magnified in us Christ be magnified
1: that song again. So hold up, y'all. Emma, we're not getting any words. Can you help us? We're on the second song. We've been having technical difficulties all week. Um, Truth be told, in practice Wednesday, the sound system completely shut down on its own three times. Two times, three times. So I don't know if that was the Lord saying you don't sound good or if it was just a short or something, but uh, <laughs> it's been a whole thing, so <laughs> and then we're going to magnify Christ, so let's try this again.
0: Let us teach you this song. Were creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then from north to south and east to west We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing his eminence, his name would from sea and the sky, from rivers to the mountain tops, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Sing Christ be magnified. Oh. When every creature finds its inmost melody and every
1: Listen to these words.
0: I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be born by feelings. I'll hold back to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you, cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life, and if I join you in your suffering, then I'll
2: true. All of the things I thought I wanted don't come close to knowing you. Now that And for.
0: i <laughs> anything else
1: To prayer time. Jesus, that's what we want. Right? It's so easy to get caught up in the things that we think we want, the things that we need. Isn't it? Satisfy. So Jen's going to lead us in a time of prayer, but as we do, uh, just sing one more time with me. I don't want anything else. I don't need, I don't need anything else.
3: A, a posture of prayer. As we were singing, Christ be magnified in me, this will give you a little bit of my mindset. I was transported back to the mid-80s when um, we all had those uh, women, you'll, you'll know if you were born by then, those plug-in mirrors that had the lights on them, and you could switch it and it would magnify your face, right? And we needed that for our electric blue eyeshadow and, um, and blue mascara. And I remember even as a kid, and even more so now if that would be the case, I would pay very close attention to the imperfections on my face, uh, the acne now it would be that stray chin hair or wrinkle right here, um, because that was what was magnified on my face. And as we were singing, it was it was my prayer that the Lord would look very close at my life, and I prayed, Lord will you put a magnifying glass on me? And I was very quickly checked in my spirit that as we were singing, Christ be magnified in me, that that's what he wants for us. He doesn't want for us to pay such close attention to all of those imperfections and all of the things that are are wrong and all of the things that we could do better and all of the striving and all of the mess-ups and all of the things because it is Jesus who should be magnified in our life. That as we flip that switch and we look in the mirror of our lives, that what we want to see most is the face of Jesus looking back at us with love. And so as we come to this time of prayer, will you focus just on the face of Jesus looking at you in love? I'm so grateful that you are so kind and you're so good to us and that you love us more than we could ever think or imagine. That you have done amazing things and gone to such great lengths to show us how much you love us. And yet, we pay so much attention to all of the, the things that are going wrong and all of our lack, and all of our, all of the imperfections of our lives. And Lord, I know that you want to work in areas in our hearts and in our minds. I know that you want to do work in us to make us more like you. Oh, but God, when we, when we really focus on you, You fill us up in such a way that that's what we see. We see you. We see your face. We see your love for us. And so we come to you confessing that we pay attention to the wrong things. We magnify the wrong things in our lives. And so this morning we just come to say with all of our hearts we want you to be magnified in us when we look at ourselves we want to see your grace we want to see your love we want to see all that you have done and all who you are Jesus thank you thank you that through the work of your spirit you are alive in us and that you move in us and your spirit shines through us and so help us to see that and help us to respond in ways with other people oh Lord when we know how much we are loved it is so much easier to love other people And so this morning I pray for myself and for my friends here that we will just sense in some way your deep, deep love for us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And so as we move into passing peace with each other, um, Sometimes I I know that it can seem like, oh, it's an abrupt change. This is a continuation of worship for us because we need each other. And we intentionally take time during our service to look each other in the eye and to say, oh, I hope that everything is right between you and God and that everything is right between you and me and that we can connect in some small way right now with the love of God and love for each other so that when we leave these doors, we are transformed people in some small way or some big way that makes a difference to the people around us. And so will you stand with me? And let's extend this peace of Christ to each other. Let's look at each other with the lens of, of Jesus like I was just talking about and see each other like Jesus sees us. Oh, I love that thought. So let me be the, maybe the first to say, probably, unless your barista did, may the peace of Christ be with you this morning. Thank you. Please extend that peace to each other, and I'm taking the kids with me.
1: Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome. So I'm Garen. That was Jen. Uh, Jason is back there and Tim is going to be bringing the word today. The four of us um, pastor here and we're excited about the journey. God is doing great things and I have a couple of announcements for us. And the first one is we want to connect with you. I was amazed when I sent out an Easter email to everyone that I had an email to in our directory. I was amazed at how many people did not get the Easter email because we don't even have your email. So, or it's like, oh, I never checked that one anymore. That's for my spam. Well, we don't want to be your spam. Come on, y'all. We want to be like the, like the, the one that you star or flag that when it comes through, you're like, ooh. Good stuff. So if you will, do me a favor. You can either use – there There are some cards in the back. You can use um, your phone and use that QR code and just connect with us. It takes about 45 seconds to do. We just want to get your basic information so that we can stay connected with you. Um, you can give us information if you want to know more about a life group or baptism or, or coming to know Jesus. You can check that. You don't have to. It's totally up to you. But that lets us know – how we can help you in your faith. also want to just point out that we've got um, emails. So if you have a question or a, con- a comment or a concern or um, you just need a pen pal, here you go. Garen at P.O.NAS, Jen at P.O.NAS, Jason at P.O.NAS, or Tim at P.O.NAS. And um, if you have a prayer request, uh, just want to make sure you know the quickest way to get prayer requests out is Email prayer at church, and we will send it out to our prayer warriors. So there you go. Let's stay connected. We need each other, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, the second thing I have um, is, I think, work. Do I have that, the construction? Uh, we're skipping that. That's That's been pulled until next week. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, if you noticed that – beautiful aroma that uh, hit you when you walked in, but we have started ripping up flooring because the people are coming a week from tomorrow to start putting in the flooring. It's taken us that long to get someone in after Hurricane, who was it, Ian? I don't know. We get someone, yeah, Ian. Um, And so, but we still need your help. We've ripped up the rooms. We have not ripped up the hallways because we want the kids to be able to walk on uh, the flooring as long as they can, just for safety reasons. But it comes up super fast. It took us about an hour to do those four rooms. So if we had six or eight people here helping us Saturday, we could knock out everything we need to knock out in about two hours at the most. So if you can help us Saturday, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make this good. I don't I think this will be good. Instead of being here like at seven, what if we made it eight o'clock, and you just came like. 8 to 9 30 or 10 and then you have the whole rest of the day but we'd be ready for the flooring to go in so i can't see your faces because of the lights and that's probably good but i'm going to assume that you're all going yes that sounds good eight o'clock we'll be here because we care about our church and this is saving us thousands of dollars by doing it ourselves so there you go so um we're going to be talking to you about some of the financial needs that we have for the renovation because we really were hit kind of hard. Um, A lot of it you can't tell because it's behind walls, but we we had some issues that we're having to address, and so um, we'll be talking to you later about that, but the main thing is we got to get the flooring done right away so that we can get our classrooms back in their classrooms so that we can have space. Yeah? So, uh, I think that's it for me, Kimmy, right? So now we're going to go to offering. And um, yes. So so those are personal books, about 80% of them. So let's don't do anything with them because um, <laughs> I don't want you to throw my books away. Um, <laughs> So here's here's what we're going to do. Thank you, Jim. Um, There is a whole section that we have that is a church library. Um, Let's say um, we did Forgotten God a year ago, and we had four extra books. And we've done um, Surprised by Hope with N.T. Wright, and we have two extra books or something like that. We're going to be putting those out in the coming weeks. And if you you see a book that you want, you can take it. So we're going to be giving those away, and then we will be donating the rest down the road. So, But thank you. I forgot about that, Jim, Um, because we do have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do this week, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I saw that nod. (laughs) Um, As we come to a time of offering, thank you for your giving. I was at District Advance this week, and um, it was kind of neat to see um, our our dollars in action, where we – we give a percentage of everything that comes in, along with 136 other Nazarene churches in our Florida area. And it's amazing the numbers that we saw of what God is doing because of our collected efforts. The missionaries that are being supported, the university that is being supported, and kids getting scholarships, and, and um, Dr. Boone, the president of the Trevecca, talked about um, we've always had a twofold mission. Missionaries to the world to tell people about Jesus and missionaries in the workforce, which means we're training educators and nurses and people that are in welding, and we're training musicians, and we're training them to be missionaries in the workforce right here. And every year, uh, Dr. Boone said we're putting out about 1,200 local missionaries, and that happens because our church, along with Thousands of churches in the southeast help kind of subsidize so that college can be affordable for those kids. And so thank you for your giving. Um, y- you may not see all of the fruit from your labor, but let me tell you, um, God is using what we are doing and multiplying it. So thank you. So I'm going to pray for us. Um, we, we're not passing plates yet still, but there are offering boxes as you exit Um, If you want to drop your tithes and offering in, um, I do mine online because it's easier. You can also text give, or you can um, go home, write a check, and mail it. Um, But um, beyond money, we're called to give our lives as a living sacrifice, right? Which means everything we do in our lives, which means Saturday as we gather to rip up flooring. It's an act of worship, isn't it? It means as we give our tithes and offerings, it's an act of worship. It means as we help out with the kids or the teens or the music or thanks band. You guys were awesome today. As we give our talents and we give what God has blessed us with, that's our reasonable act of worship. That is our offering. So let me pray for us. God, I thank you for the way that you're working in our lives. God, I thank you for the way that you are moving not only in our lives personally but in our church in our community, in our neighborhoods. I hear about connections that are taking place with people from our church with their neighbors and how you're moving and you're working. And I thank you for that. Jesus, may your name be lifted up in all of the settings, whether at home, at work, at church, at play. God, I pray that our lives elevate you so that you are lifted up because The truth is, when we lift you up, your word says you will draw people because your love is so attractive. The reckless, relentless, overwhelming love that you offer is good news to the world. And I pray that you will help us as we give our time and our energy and our resources that you will take and multiply just like you did the fishes and the bread do something more than we could do on our own. We give it to you to multiply and use for your kingdom. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Dear God,
4: our hearts are broken for this world. The hatred is palpable. The division undeniable. And the pain runs deep. We desperately need more of you. We ask for your truth to be louder than the noise which surrounds us, for your mercy to be stronger than the voices of oppression, for your strength to overpower those who seek to do harm. Where there is division, bring unity. Where there is anger, bring peace. Where there is evil, bring victory. Empower us to fulfill your mission, to answer your calling, to be the light you've created us to be. May your love, your grace, and your mercy flood this world. We love you. We seek you. We place our hope in the mighty name of Jesus. This we pray.
5: Wonderful if that was our regular prayer. It's a little long. I can't remember it all, but uh, there's there's good stuff there. Happy Easter. Easter. Garen reminded us last week that the Easter season continues from Easter all the way to the s- Sunday of Pentecost, which comes to us in in May uh, this year. And so we're continuing to celebrate Easter a couple of weeks ago you were given this prayer journal. If you're not using it and you got one at home or in your car, get it out, use it. There's some great writings and teachings and space for you to just journal what God is saying to you in this little book. If you don't have it, it may be available online or if the gosh if the streaming wasn't running, I'd say let us know and we'll run you a copy of it even though it's copyrighted material. So we won't do that officially, but maybe Um, this, this topic in the video, it it said where there's division, let there be unity. And I really want us to just have a little bit of a conversation this morning. And so I'm going to do something I've never done before. I've never preached a sermon sitting down, but I really don't want this to be a sermon. I want it to be a little bit more of a conversation. Although it's a little weird, there's a lot of us here, so if we all started talking at once, that wouldn't be good. So it's probably going to be a little bit of a one-sided conversation. But in my mind, we're all hanging out right now in my living room. We're, we're just sitting there, and we're, we're going to spend a little bit of time um, talking about unity and like the video said, where there's division, there's unity. And so when I say we're going to talk about unity, you're like, okay, well, what's going on? Where's the division? Where are the, where are the issues? Somebody must be in trouble. Somebody needs to get in line or there's a conflict or, or things like that. Um, I used to work at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. I was the director of student accounts receivable. And one of our brilliant ideas as we were working together was to merge the student accounts receivable office with the financial aid office so that we could together just help students pay their bills, no matter what it was. But what that meant is that me as the director of student accounts receivable and the director of financial aid, we had to come together and we had to work together to manage the team. And some of the team didn't want to be managed Together. They had their own ideas about how things should be done and, and the way things should happen. And so there was there was dissension and strife and there were issues in the office. And so we would get together for leadership meetings and we talked with our vice president and she decided that she could handle this. And so she came to one of our staff meetings, and I don't know if where you work, if Your staff meetings are normally just the people in the office and maybe your boss leader. But when that person's boss's boss's boss comes into the meeting, you generally know it's not going to be good. And so Susan came into the meeting that morning, and she's like, folks, we we need to have a little talk. She's like, "We're, we're here together as a team, and this is what we're doing, and this is where we're going. She's like, it's like there's a train and we all need to get on the train cuz the train's going north. And if you don't want to go north, you better get off the train. Which I thought that message was pretty clear and me growing up in church, I even though I'm one of the leaders and I'm totally on board, I start feeling guilty. Like wondering what I've done and where I need to get in line, and so that—that that to me is what I think about with unity: is we we all need to get together, we all need to be on the train. So when should conversations about unity and conflict really happen in our lives? Ideally, you have that conversation before there's a problem, when everything's going okay, uh, when there are no major issues. Uh, to talk about when there's no significant difference of opinion and that's kind of where we are today as a church. There's there's not a problem. There's not a real issue. We're, we're just here. It's come up in the list of series. I mean, quite honestly, this little book tells us we need to talk about unity today. So uh, that's why we're doing this. And so, um, and so we're talking about unity. Now, it's easy to take unity and go in a different direction and talk about uniformity. Uniformity is different than unity. And I'm just going to let you know up front, unity has all the letters in it of university. And as Debbie and I have been talking, and getting ready, sometimes when I look down and I read, I might say the word university. If I say university, just know I mean unity this morning. Uh, Unity and uniformity are not the same thing. Uniformity is everybody does the same thing, acts the same way. And a lot of times that uniformity is seeking to minimize difference and make sure that everyone acts the same. Debbie, when she thinks about uniformity, she works in the public schools. And so uniformity comes from that root word, uniform. And she thinks about school uniforms and how there have been trends in education over the years to have students to wear uniforms so that everyone looks alike and everyone dresses alike. And that way there can't be any any issues over I've got designer clothes and you don't have designer clothes or I've got this logo and you don't have that logo. So we're not seeking uniformity. Recently we were in one of the Caribbean islands and as we were on our tour, we saw the kids and they were all wearing school uniforms in the Caribbean islands, but there were differences. Some of the kids had red and blue plaid or ties on. Others had brown and tan. They had uniformity within their school, but each school was different. Those uniforms sort of said where they belonged and what they were. We're not necessarily even seeking, as a church, that we have uniformity in our actions and our preferences. Um, Back, Back to Belmont. There, there were a lot of um, unity issues when I was working there. Um, that financial aid director that I had to co-manage staff with, she was not like me and I was not like her. How many of you have heard of the Myers-Briggs personality assessment? So an ENFP or an INTJ or things like that. Jane was the financial aid director. She and I were exact four-letter opposites. So so what the Myers-Briggs does is you answer all of these questions, and it sort of tells you how you prefer to act in certain situations. And so some people prefer to be extroverts, and some prefer to be introverts. Some like to engage their brain and think about things. Others just make quick judgments. And so everything that was my preference of the way to act and think was exactly the opposite of the way she would do it. And so there was conflict and strife. Jane refused to invite me to meetings because I wouldn't behave in ways that she wanted me to behave in the meetings, even though we had to co-manage staff together. She would exclude me from budget conversations. I would still include, I, I saw the differences as something to be celebrated and treasured because she could do things differently than I did them, but she saw it as I was wrong. And so there was no unity. So really unity allows us to see those differences and recognize that, you know, the the way that Ken does something is not the way Tim would do it. And that's great because we need different people. We need different people doing things. Jim and Debbie are different than Tim and Debbie, even though there's only one letter difference in our name. And that's a great thing because if the whole world was like me, it would be a really weird place. Um, Uniformity is easy. My next door neighbor is named Matt. He's the baseball coach over here at the creek. He can get uniformity from his team. He just tells them, here's your clothes, wear them. Do this or you don't get to play in the next game. He can get uniformity real quickly and easily because he's the coach and he determines how things happen. But I saw his baseball team have a spirit of unity when Matt moved in next to me. The entire baseball team came and unloaded the truck. And so what would have taken Matt and his wife and his infant children days to accomplish, the team got done within an hour. And so like like Garen was saying, coming up here at the church, we've got an opportunity to come together as one and do something in terms of ripping up this flooring and getting it ready for the new flooring to come down. We don't have to be uniform about it. We can all come do it our own way. I might like to rip it from back to front. You might like to rip it from front to back, side to side. As long as the floor gets up, it doesn't really matter. We can have different ways of doing different things. Sometimes people of faith tend to default to uniformity instead of unity just because it's easier. Um, It's easier to put on your Sunday best uniform and come to church rather than to come to church as a person who's needy, who's hungry, who needs God. And so we want to seek that unity rather than uniformity. Some of us go like, well, there's no way we can be one with our world today. There's too many political divides, social differences, family disputes, national crises. There's just no way that we can come together and have unity. It's not even something that we could pursue. But maybe the idea that Scripture teaches is not that we should pursue unity. You're like, what? Tim, what did you just say? We shouldn't pursue unity? Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, Jesus prayed in, in the garden that all of us would be one. Um, so unity is a good thing, but maybe it's not the thing that we should be pursuing. Maybe we should be pursuing other things, and unity will come in those pursuits. So definitely we desire to be one. We want to act and think and work alike. Um, But maybe that's not the thing we need to really go for. It's the end. It's not the means that we get there. You may already be thinking there are many times in Scripture when the word unity is used. Um, I want us to spend just a few minutes looking at lots of different scriptures, and so we didn't pull the screen up today to have the scriptures here. I just want you to listen to these different passages about unity and what they have to say. Um, The first one is an an occasion where unity is something that's celebrated. In Psalm 133 and verse 1, the writer says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And I think that's true. It's something to celebrate when the people of God all come together and we live together as one, pursuing the same things. Sometimes in Scripture it seems that unity is something that comes about through our own effort and work. In Ephesians 4.3, the Apostle Paul is telling the congregation there, make every effort to keep the unity. So unity is something that requires a little bit of effort, something that we have to work at. Um, other times in Scripture, it seems to be teaching us that unity is something that only comes about through God's power. in second chronicles thirty twelve give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials have ordered. And in John seventeen twenty two and twenty three I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be brought together in complete unity. These seem to be saying unity is not something we can do, we need God's supernatural. Uh, all-powerful nature. Sometimes we're also taught that unity is an outcome. Um, Back in Ephesians again, in in chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Paul tells us that God made known the mystery of Christ to bring unity to all things. A little later in Ephesians, in chapter 4, 12 and 13, he adds that to equip the people for all works of service, for the body of Christ may be built up until we reach true unity in faith. And lastly, Paul, also in Colossians 3.14, we're commanded, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Unity is something to be celebrated. When the church all comes together and we accomplish something, that's great. We should celebrate that. Unity requires some effort, and so we need to put that effort into the work that we're doing. We do need God's power. We're all human beings, and we've been corrupted by sin, and we all have our own desires and tendencies, and sometimes we want what we want, not what's unifying. And unity is an outcome. Um, So in all of this teaching, though, we're never really taught, it's never really mentioned that unity is the goal. Um, Like I said at the beginning, when I mentioned the very word unity, you start thinking about conflict and strife. Scripture teaches us unity is great, but it doesn't naturally happen. It's a byproduct of our other pursuits. So if we shouldn't be pursuing unity, what do you think we should be pursuing as a church? I have a history. I spent many years Teaching junior high boys Sunday school, they they had us in a closet, off to the side, a closet without an HVAC vent, with seventh and eighth grade boys. It was wonderful. <laughs> After a few years of that, I got promoted. I got to work with senior high boys. It was a little better. They've discovered deodorant and things like that. There's some interest in girls. But I taught those kids as we were in Sunday school together that sometimes the Sunday school answer is the right answer. And they were taught from little kids that when the teacher asks you a question in Sunday school, the answer is Jesus. So if we shouldn't be pursuing unity, what should we be pursuing Say it with me. Jesus. Yeah. So we should be pursuing Jesus. And so what is what does it mean to be pursuing Jesus? What does it mean to try to look, act, and behave like Jesus? Well, Jesus' focus was on bringing people to himself, on sh- sh- uh, sharing the gospel message, Um Garen mentioned that several of us were at District Advance this weekend. On Friday afternoon, I looked at the list of workshops, and there was one on outreach and evangelism, and I thought, you know, I I probably need to go to that. And so I did, and he taught us that uh, in that that session our assistant district superintendent was was teaching. And, you know, if some of you were around the church for 20 or 30 years, you taught different methods of evangelism. At one point, um, we would just go out calling door to door, knocking on people's door. Hey, we're from the church up the road, and if you were to die tonight, do you know if you're going to go to heaven or hell? And that worked for some people at some times. But today, we don't do that so much. Uh, Walking up to somebody's door unexpected, unannounced, is probably not going to get the door answered, Um, could be even worse. Um, and so we're taught that what we do now is friendship evangelism or uh relationship evangelism. We get to know people and uh we're with people and we live with them and we experience life together. And then in the process of that experiencing life together, people are gonna go through stuff and we get to share with them that our life is influenced by our faith and by our church and by Jesus. And through that process of living life together and being open for the opportunity when somebody might be ready to hear the message about Jesus, uh, we share it with them. If we as a church are focusing on Christ, our differences don't really matter because Jesus is the main thing. Our age differences don't really matter because we're focusing on Jesus another thing that was talked about at District Advance this weekend was there was a speaker that talked about intergenerational worship experience and service experience. And he talked about at the church where he was, they had a senior-to-senior trip. Senior-to-senior. Yeah, senior adults and seniors in high school went on a trip together. And those age differences ended up not really mattering because they were there to see and do and experience things together. If we're focusing on unity, our tax brackets and size of our paychecks doesn't really matter because we're focusing on Jesus, and we're focusing on the things that Jesus wants us to do. Our political parties don't really matter if we're working on and focusing on Jesus in our pursuits. I'm of a bit of a hockey fan. Whether you root for the Blackhawks or the Nashville Predators doesn't really matter if we're focusing on Jesus. And that's hard for me to say because Blackhawks fans are yuck. Um, But if we focus on Jesus and the things Jesus taught us to do and we focus on living our lives like Jesus lived his life, then those differences, those possible sources of strife uh, will kind of go away. So focusing on Jesus, pursuing Jesus is definitely one thing that we need to be doing. And in the process of focusing on Jesus, the differences, the strife, the non-unity will just kind of fade away. Another thing that we should be focusing on as the church is focusing on service. So when I say service, I don't mean the worship service on Sunday morning, but I mean serving the people around us. And so when I say focusing on service, it's seeing people that are in need, and if you've got the ability to help them, helping them. So if you've just loaded up your groceries at Publix or Walmart or wherever you shop, and your car's working fine and the person next to you is dealing with a dead battery and you happen to have a set of jumper cables, take a minute. Yeah, your ice cream might get a little mushy, but take a minute. Help them. Help them with what they need. Uh, not too long ago, I bought a piece of furniture, and I had no idea how heavy it was going to be. And I had to rent a U-Haul truck to get it home. And so I pulled in in the U-Haul truck, and the neighbors started wondering, like, Tim, Debbie, are you moving? And like, no, we just bought a piece of furniture. We need to get in the house. And I looked to the righ- left, and I looked to the right, and I looked across the street, and it wasn't but just a minute that all three of those guys were across the street helping me move that piece of furniture into the house. The thing weighed like 200 pounds. It's Beautiful, we love it, but I couldn't do it by myself. I needed other people to serve me uh, with that. One of the most significant times of service in my life has been the mission trips that I've gone on. Uh, work and witness kind of trips where we've gone overseas or to different areas and tried to help folks one of those times of service was a very intergenerational trip we had people on this work and witness trip to el salvador from teenagers that were 15 16 17 years old all the way up to a guy who was in his 70s and we were there with multiple purposes not that the 70s are all that old it's just coming around the corner um but we were all there. Uh, we were accomplishing different things. Um, we were there for the mission of doing some renovation to the church building. Um, we were there to do a dental clinic in the schools. Um, and we were there just to spend time with people and be the presence of Christ in their community. I was given a primary duty of working in the dental clinic. You're like, Tim, you're a pastor and a computer software guy. What do you know about dental clinics? Well, it turns out that in some of these, um, again, in the Caribbean islands, that dental hygiene is not really a thing. And so we found out that the kids in the schools, for the most part, they didn't have toothbrushes. And so we did a dental clinic in terms of giving them toothbrushes and teaching them how much toothpaste to put on the toothbrush and how to brush their teeth. And they thought, well, we can't just have people show up and – and so I was assigned to do the dental clinic dressed as Rojo the Clown. We, we were in a Spanish-speaking place. Rojo means red. So I had these bright red, white, polka-dotted pants, and a big red bow tie, and a big red nose. And Rojo would go in and would teach the kids how to brush their teeth. If you mix up the na- my name, Tim, sometimes you get TMI. I would get a lot of saliva in my mouth as I was brushing my teeth to try to get it good and foamy so that it would just kind of drip out. And, and the kids just thought it was fabulous. And so they are trying to brush their teeth real hard in order to get the same kind of fun foam that Rojo the Clown got. And, and I had so much fun. I probably brushed my teeth 50 times every day during <laughs> that trip. And then one day they said to me as we were meeting in the morning to talk about who was going to do what, they're like, Tim, we we need you to help with the construction project this morning. And we need you to operate the grinder and and get some of the metal beams ready to go up in the roof. Tim doesn't really.